So I'm very thankful for the new song, huh? Amen. I love the, I love, you know, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, we used to sneak around and try to watch American Bandstand when mom wasn't around because she wouldn't let us watch it. But whenever we did manage to sneak around and see it, they would play a song and they would, they would rate the song and they would say, you know, oh, it had really good rhythm, it's easy to dance to, and really love the song, nice harmony, all that stuff. And I want to say that I appreciate Ricky's writing the song. I appreciate the words of the song. I appreciate him involving the band. I appreciate everything he did. But the most important thing I appreciate is the anointing with which he sang it. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> a lot of people can <clears throat> write a song, but a lot of people can't sing it with anointing. A lot of people could have built a boat in Noah's day, but there's only one that knew how to build it right to make it float. Stand with me this morning, if you would. We're going to turn to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 14. Zechariah chapter 14. While you're turning there, let me just kind of catch you up with what's going on. So Zechariah is an Old Testament prophet. Prophesied during the time of uh, the return of the children of Israel. One of the, him and Malachi were some of the last prophets. He prophesied at the same time as Hosea, Zechariah did. And Zechariah, um, I said Hosea, that's not right. It's, um, oh, hang on, hang on just a second. Haggai, close. I knew it started with an H. Haggai. And what Zechariah is prophesying here is he's prophesying the second coming of the Lord, not the rapture of the church. But the second coming, what happens after the tribulation, when all the nations of Israel and the Antichrist has gathered around the city of Jerusalem, they've actually taken part of the city. It's just a matter of hours now before the city is completely destroyed. And Jesus is going to return in the sky with all of his saints on white horses. And we will come and defeat the armies of the Antichrist. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Even so, come Lord Jesus. <laughs> The Bible says that it won't be an army that defeats that army. It's just going to be Jesus with the words of his mouth. His brightness of his coming and the words of his mouth are just going to defeat the army. <clears throat> and so that's where we're going to begin this morning is we're going to begin with the destruction of the millions of men who have surrounded the city of Jerusalem for the last push of the Antichrist to destroy the city. And when Jesus opens his mouth and begins to speak, then verse 12 is going to begin to come to pass so chapter 14, verse 12 says, And this will be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite the people that have fought against Jerusalem. If you want to know how, what it's going to look like when he wins, here's what it's going to look like. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. Their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. And it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them, and they shall lay hold everyone on his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together, gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that the book of Ezekiel tells us that there'll be seven years just burying the dead and gathering up all this plunder. Seven years, if I'm not mistaken. And so this will be the plague also of the horse, of the mule, of the camel, of the donkey, and of all the beasts 
shall be in these tents as this plague. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and keep the feast of tabernacles. And it shall be that whosoever will not come up to all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even so, even upon them shall be no rain. If the family of Egypt go not up and come not, then they shall have no rain. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord shall smite the heathen that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. And in that day there shall be bells upon the horses, holiness unto the Lord, and the pots in the Lord's house shall be like bowls before the altar, and every pot in Jerusalem and in Judea shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts, and all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them and seed therein. And in that day there shall be no more Canaanite, hallelujah, in the house of the Lord of hosts, hallelujah. Glory to God, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning, God. And now I pray, God, give me the anointing and the thoughts, O oh God, to preach your word, Father. Lord God, the things that you've laid upon my heart, O oh God, I pray, O oh Father God, that I would simply be your mouthpiece, O oh God, to deliver your word, O oh God, to this congregation. For Lord God, it's not of me, O oh God, but it's of you, unto you, for your glory, Father. And I give you praise for it in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Back in the book of Genesis, we find that jo Joseph rose to be the second in command of the Pharaoh. And back in the book of Genesis, Joseph called and had his daddy, Jacob, Israel, bring his family to Egypt so that he could take care of them during a famine. The nation of Israel at that time composed 75 people. And that 75 people left the land of, of, of Israel, the, the land that we now know as Israel. They left that land and they went down to Egypt to be taken care of by Joseph. <coughs> we find that Sooner, a little while later, there rose up a king, a Pharaoh, who didn't remember Joseph. They lived down there for about 250 years, and about 110 years after Joseph died, there arose a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph and didn't respect the children of Israel, only knew that there was a big group of people that weren't of them that he was afraid might take over, so they put them to work making bricks. They put them to work building the pyramids. They put them to work building the things that Pharaoh wanted to build and they became slave laborers. And they stayed in that state for a while until Moses came along. And when Moses came along, he set the people of Israel free because God imposed 10 plagues upon the nation of Egypt and the last one was the killing of the firstborn. Are you with me? When the firstborn was killed, Pharaoh couldn't get them out of there fast enough and he ran them out of town on a rail, if you would, and they got as far out as about three days away and Pharaoh said, you know what? I let my entire workforce go. I need to go get them. So he went to get them and whenever he got down there, the children of Israel had the Red Sea in front of them. They had mountains on both sides of them and they had the Pharaoh's army behind them and they were sure and certain that their destruction was even fixing to happen. And they cried unto Moses. And if you want to read a funny story, read where the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. Because they cried unto Moses, and Moses cried unto God. And you know what God told Moses? Why are you hollering at me? What's in your hand? A rod. And Moses stretched out the rod in faith, 
and when he stretched it out, God brought a wind that separated that sea that blew all night so they would have a nice dry ground to walk across. And the children of Israel, several million of them now, walked across that Red Sea on dry ground. That didn't happen in 10 minutes. That's a lot of people to get across a little opening. And, he, and they passed over. But when the Pharaoh's armies tried to do it, what happened to them? The sea collapsed and it drowned and destroyed the armies of the Pharaoh. The children of Israel camped out in the wilderness of, 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 of the Samaria there around the, around the mountain of Sinai for about two years. God had them construct the tabernacle. He gave them the Ten Commandments. They sat there for about two years. And then after two years, God said, it's time to go to the promised land. So they packed up the, they packed up the ark. They packed up the tent. They got all their belongings together. Moses blew the trumpet. God had an order. They went out in that order. The ark of the covenant went first. The ark of the covenant made an 11-day trip in three days. And at the end of three days, they were there where they were supposed to be in Kadesh Barnea, but the children of Israel couldn't make it in three days because they doubted God and they complained and they bellyached about their situation and they got angry because they had to load up the tent. We got to load up all this stuff. We got all these commandments to take care of. And I'm not even sure Moses knows where we're going. And whenever they got to Kadesh Barnea and it was time to go across, they wouldn't go across. Do you remember the story? They sent in 12 spies, and the 12 spies said, we can't go across. And so God wouldn't let them go in, and he sent them out in the wilderness to march for 40 years. We've only got 6,000 more years to talk about. They marched out there for 40 years in the wilderness till everybody that said they couldn't make it died. And then once they all died, God left two men, Joshua and Caleb, because Joshua and Caleb had crossed a river crossing before. And so when it got time after 40 years for them to go into the promised land, Joshua told them, you stand out there 2,000 paces back, 2,000 cubics back, and I'm going to come up here with the priest and we're going to cross this river. And the priest walked into that river and this time the water didn't part. It dried up about 10 miles up at the city of Adam. And when it dried up there, then the water went down and the children of Israel crossed across the Jordan River on dry ground. And for the next five years, they fought against their enemies. They conquered the land. They were living in God's rest. Everything was lovely for the children of Israel again. Amen but they didn't finish what they were told to do. And they let people stay in the land that were supposed to go. And they let people continue to live among them. Oh, they were, they, were, they were masters and they were servants, but it didn't matter. After a while, they corrupted the children of Israel and the children of Israel corrupted to the point that they rejected God and they asked for a king. And God gave them a king and his name was Saul. And Saul ruled the children of Israel and then David ruled the children of Israel, and then Solomon ruled the children of Israel, and whenever Solomon got to his height, he lost out with God, and God divided the kingdom, and he gave ten tribes to a man named Jeroboam, and two tribes to a man named Rehoboam. Now, they weren't the Boam brothers. That was their names, Jeroboam and Rehoboam. And for the next 400 years or 500 years, these kings ruled Israel. But at the end of about 400 years for the children of Israel, they became so corrupt that God turned them over and gave them to the nation of Assyria and the last Hebrew king, last 
Israeli king was named Hosea and he lost to the, to the nation of Assyria and Assyria took all the people and scattered them across the Assyrian Empire. Judah, just a few years later, Hezekiah was king when that happened. Hezekiah had a son named Manasseh. Manasseh reigned 52 years and after Manasseh he had a son named Ammon and after Ammon there was another king named Zet Josiah and Josiah ruled for a while but then Josiah died and Jehoahaz became king but Egypt took him back to Egypt and they made Jehoiakim the king. Are y'all still with me? And Jehoiakim can't reign for 11 years and then he was, he was wicked so Nebuchadnezzar came down and destroyed Jerusalem and put his son Jeconiah in place. Jeconiah reigned 90 days wickedness was found in him so he, he gave up and went back with Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon and Zedekiah became the last king of the nation of Judah. And Zedekiah reigned for about 10 or 11 years and then Jeb Nebuchadnezzar came down and said I've had enough of all of y'all and he just destroyed the temple, destroyed the nation, took people back and, and, and destroyed everything they had. So now the children of Israel are scattered throughout the Babylonian empire. Are you still with me? 70 years later the Babylonian Empire fell to the Medo-Persians. Can you tell I like history? Seventy years later, the Babylonian Empire fell to the Medo-Persians and Darius the Mede took over the, the Babylonian Empire. Darius the Mede had a wife. Her name was Esther. <laughs> Darius the Mede and Esther had a son. His name was Cyrus. There you go, Cyrus. <laughs> Cyrus became king of the Persian Empire and he released the children of Israel to go back to Israel to rebuild the temple and the children of Israel returned and they rebuilt the temple. They reestablished temple worship for a little while, but then they backslid back into idolatry, back into going against the laws of God. They backslid back and Malachi is the last prophet and Malachi gives seven complaints God has against the returned children of Israel and at that, God turns out the light on the nation of Israel. And for 400 years, there's no prophet. There's no word, there's nothing spoken. And at the end of 400 years, Matthew arrives on the scene and he tells us about a savior. Jesus Christ, born of a woman, seed of a woman, who becomes the Son of God, who is the Son of God, not becomes, who is the Son of God, who tries to bring the nation of Israel back, but the nation of Israel rejects Jesus and they crucify their king. So the Messiah has now been crucified and the children of Israel goes into a 35-year war where they fight among each other to the point that the Roman Empire says, I've had enough of all the trouble with you. And they come down and in 70 AD, a man named Titus comes on the scene and he destroys the nation of Israel. He tears down their walls. He tears down their temple. He scatters them to the wind and the nation of Israel is scattered until 1948. And in 1948, the British Empire grants autonomy to Israel. They fight against the Palestinians and reestablish Jerusalem and reestablish the nation of Israel. And in 1948, a nation is reborn in a day. Just as the scripture says, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But Israel doesn't, still rejects their Messiah. Here we go. We're about to get to the end now. We're in 1948, so we're getting close. Israel rejects their Messiah and turns their back on God again. And to this day, they reject the Messiah 
of Jesus. Jesus is going to return to the earth and take his church out. And when he takes his church out, Israel once again rise to be the center of worship for Jehovah God. And they will do that for about three and a half years. And then after three and a half years, they're going to be rejected by the government there. And the last three and a half years is going to be destruction, trouble, fleeing, everything you can imagine for the nation of Israel as the Antichrist gathers up all his armies and surrounds the nation of Israel to destroy them. But then Jesus Christ returns with the second coming of Christ right here in Zechariah. And when he does, he reestablishes the nation of Israel. He makes them the head and not the tail. He pours his love out upon them. He causes them to, he's received as the Messiah. And you read right there where it says, in that day there shall be bells upon the horses that say holiness unto the Lord and the pots in the Lord's house shall be like bowls before the altar and yea every pot in Jerusalem and Judea shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts and they shall all make sacrifice shall come and take of them in that day there'll be no more Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts and what I want to tell you this morning is Israel wins Amen. though they've fallen away from God though they've rejected God though they haven't held on to him as Messiah Though they've done everything wrong you can do, but kept their hearts right toward God as they continue to search for, for God in various places, at the end of it, God exalts his name among his children and they know that they're successful because God saved them, rescued them, kept them, and now every pot says holiness to the Lord. Why did I go through that whole litany of 6,000 years for you this morning? Why did I do that? I did that this morning to let you know that no matter where you find yourself this morning, if you continue to walk forward in what God has called you into, you win. You win. Not one jot. You know what a jot is? Jot is the little dot above the eye. And not one tittle. You know what a tittle is? Tittle is that little cross across the T. Not one jot and not one tittle of what God has promised you will fall to the ground if you'll keep following him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He will, he will make you the head and not the tail. He will prosper you in everything you put your hand to. Oh, you may not be prospering today, and your road ahead of you may not be prosperous. You may find yourself in a lot of different financial, spiritual, physical positions. But I want to tell you, if you'll keep walking the good walk of God, if you'll keep fighting the good fight of faith, if you'll keep calling those things that are not as though they were, if you'll keep saying, though he slay me, I'm going to trust him. If you'll keep walking, you'll keep pressing, you'll keep giving God glory, you'll find at the end your part will say, holiness unto the Lord. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Well, I'm not there now. You may not be. In this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trial. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have difficulty. Our, our football boys ripped Paul Dezetta two weeks ago. I mean, they gave them all they wanted. They were glad to get on the bus and get out of town. But last Friday night, I don't think we were so successful. It wasn't that we got beat because from the stats that I read, it sounded like our guys did a good job. They just couldn't get in the end zone, even from the one-yard line, am I right? They just couldn't get in the end zone. 
So Monday morning, they should all just put their pads up and quit and say, well, we've done the season. We lost the game. We're not going to continue. We're done, right? No. What are you going to do Monday morning, guys? What are you going to do? You're going to start getting ready for the next game. I shouldn't have to tell you this. You should know this. We're going to start getting ready for the next game. We're going to start watching film again. We're going to start running plays again. We're going to put our gear on. We're going to, we're going to stay in shape. We're going to, we're going to do what we've got to do because the season is 10 games long, not one. We got seven more, eight more games to play. We only lost one. We won one. Is that right? Two. One, two. One, two, lost one. We got seven left to play. We don't quit the season because we lost one. We don't quit the season because we didn't make any touch. We didn't make a touchdown. We don't stop there. We get our gear back on. We get back in the game. We push. We start getting ready for the next game because I promise you this Friday night, we're going to be successful. We may have lost last week, but that doesn't dictate this week. You need to remember that in your Christian walk. You may fail today. Your prayer may not got answered like you thought today. It may not have come together like you thought today. As a matter of fact, it may have got worse. You may not be able to find a touchdown. You may not be able to make a first down. You may not be able to even move the ball. But let me tell you something. Tomorrow the game starts again. Hallelujah. Tomorrow I'm still a child of God. On my worst day, I'm a child of God. On my best day, I'm a child of God. It doesn't matter what a situation I find myself in. I'm still a child of God. <laughs> and if you'll keep pressing, you'll keep pushing. You'll find God does exceedingly and abundantly, exceeding abundantly, above what you can ask or think. But you've got to let that power continue to work in you. When I was 22 years old, I went to work for Gulf State Utilities. I know some of you heard this story before, but the Lord keeps bringing it to my mind, so I'm going to tell it again for those of you who hadn't heard it. When I was 22 years old, I went to work for Gulf State Utilities. I got out of Lamar University, accepted a job with Gulf States, started making big money, $18,000 a year. Told my wife she worked two and a half years to put me through school. I told her, I said, let's go to the car lot. I'll buy you any car you want because I'm rich. She picked a 1981 Chevrolet Monte Carlo with T-tops. That car was so cool that they asked us to use it for the Silsby Homecoming Parade. I was the only thing out there that wasn't a Corvette. That was a beautiful car. We bought that car. We were, we were doing good. And, and one of the first days I drove, when Gulf States built a brand new building, and it was a... It was a beautiful building. It had a parking garage. It had a catwalk, and then you went into the main building. The only people that parked in the parking garage were the big dogs, the big wigs. They had a card. They parked their car. They went over there to the card reader. They put the card on the little card reader. Back, that's back before people really knew what card readers even was. They put it on there, and it allowed you to open the door, and you walked across that catwalk where you didn't have to walk outside. And I sat there at the first morning in that parking lot, and I looked at that thing, at that new building, and I said, man, live, one of these days I'm going to walk across that catwalk. One of these days I'm going to be parking in that parking lot. One of these days I'm going to be a vice president at Gulf State Utilities. I'm going to have all these perks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, back in those days, the vice presidents wore suits to work. I said, I'll be going to work in a suit every day. I'm going to get out there on that catwalk. Well, in 1988, the Lord moved on my heart, and I left Gulf State Utilities, and I went to a paper mill. 
And I worked in that paper mill for nine years, and then I left them. I went to Scaling Controls. I worked there for seven years. I went to CB&I, and I had been with CB&I four years whenever they came in and said, we've got a new assignment for you. We're going to put you on the Valero job, and we need you to change locations. I said, where am I going? They said, we've rented three fours down at Edison Plaza downtown. I said, I've, I've been to that building. I worked in that building for about two years with Gulf States Utilities back in the day. They moved me down there. I went to work on the, on the seventh floor, which was the floor I was on when I left. Went back to the seventh floor. Then they moved me down to the fourth floor. And then one day they came in my office and they said, we want you to take the E&I, the, the instrument department, about 200 guys. I said, no, thank you. I'm plenty happy, right? I've already been a manager, wasn't fun the first time, don't want to do it anymore, I just want to be an engineer. So then they come back about two weeks later, they said, we really want you to take this job. I said, no, thank you, too much trouble, don't want all that headache, I'll just stay right here. The third time they came about a month later, they said, we really, really, really want you to take this job. I said, okay, is there a pay raise? They said, 15%. So... And they said, you're due for a performance review in March, and there's a possibility of another 10% in March. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, let me call and ask my wife, see what she thinks about that. This is the most fun of this whole story. I called her. I said, hey, they want me to take this position. She said, well, what do you think? I said, well, it comes with a 15% raise. She went, hallelujah, woohoo! We don't have to pray about that one, do we? Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. I took the job. I moved to the 11th floor. Had this big office on the corner. All the glass. I could look out over the Nature's River. It was a manager's office. I knew where that office was. It was a manager's office. I was sitting in that manager's office, and a guy came in and laid this little white card on my desk. I said, what's that? He said, that's your parking pass to park in the garage. It opens the door for the catwalk. <laughs> Praise God. God had opened the door to make my dreams come true. Did I get it the next day? No, I didn't. I had to kind of walk around the mountain a little bit, but God brought it to pass. And I want to tell you today, if you'll keep marching for Jesus, if you'll keep doing the right thing, if you'll keep coming to church, if you'll stay on your knees and stay in church and stay in the Word, then God will bring your promises to pass. He's not a God that's against you. He's a God that's for you. He's a God that's going to prosper you. He's a God that'll heal your sicknesses. He's a God that'll heal your diseases. He's a God that'll put, put your life in right order. He's a God that'll change everything about you if you'll just let him. We've got Donnie with us this morning. I told you the story not too long back about Donnie going into the hospital and them saying, you don't have any problem. We're going to send you home in the morning and then the next day say, no, you got a problem. We're going to have to do emergency surgery. I told you about all that. Told you they rushed him off and took him back there in the back. And I went up there and sat with the family. And I thought we'd be done in about four hours and five hours and six hours came along. And we weren't done. And, and I told you the whole story. And they finally came out there and told us that they had gotten the tumor out, that they cleaned up the obstruction and all this stuff. And then they sent off a report to say that to see if it was the, the lymph nodes and stuff to see if they were cancerous. The report came back that they were cancerous and we was going to have to, they wanted him to start some chemo treatment and stuff like that. But I want to tell you this morning that Joyce just told me this morning that Donnie is cancer free. 
Amen. He's put on 21 pounds, which you can't tell that. But all I want you, I just told you that to let you know that if you'll keep marching forward, God will bring it to pass. He's not a God that can fail. I said he's not a God that can fail. And he puts you here for a purpose. He puts you here with a promise. He puts you here with a song in your heart. He puts you here with an expectation of a miracle. And I want to let you know today that though, though everything seems like it's falling down around you and though it seems like it's dark on both ends, if you'll just keep walking, just keep walking, my God knows the way through the wilderness. All I got to do is follow. You keep walking. You keep doing the right thing. You keep coming to church. Keep praising God. Keep lifting your hands. Say, I don't have anything to praise God for. Praise him anyway. Praise him anyway. You say, well, I don't know. If, I don't know. I, I, just don't, I just don't feel like that God's moving in my behalf. You're saved. If you want to be, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. If you want to be, you have the love of Christ living within you. Everything you see here is temporal anyway. Everything you go through here has a beginning and has an end. Do you hear me? There's nothing that passes into your life that didn't go first through the hands of a heavenly father who tried it, timed it, and tempered it to make sure that you could withstand it. And he's not doing it to try to destroy you. He's doing you, doing it so that at the end of it, your body, your life, your soul, your spirit will have all holiness unto the Lord written on it. Holiness unto the Lord. <laughs> holiness unto the Lord. My God, you know, the, what time is it? I got five minutes. The Bible says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There's never been a thief that broke into your house that had anything else in mind. Never been a thief that came into your life. Never been a, never been a thief that came into your life that had any intention Mike back there went into lineman school. He was so old when he went into the school, they called him Grandpa. <laughs> Is that right? Paw-paw, there you go. I knew I was close. Called him Paw-paw. He was so old. Going into lineman school. Got his journeyman card. Went to work out there in the field. People started noticing his work ethic, started noticing his quality of work, started noticing him. Next thing you know, all those people that were calling him Paul Paul are calling him boss. <laughs> calling him boss now. He went from the old man to the supervisor. Why did that happen? That's right. Because God promoted him. God will put you where you need to be. God, God is for you, not against you. Don't get discouraged every time some little something, something goes wrong. 
Don't get discouraged every time you pray and it doesn't happen the way you thought. Don't get discouraged every time you look around you and something's not working or you're having a problem or a difficulty or it seems like it's not going to work. I'm telling you, God is for you, not against you. Psalm 125 says, the rod of the wicked will not rest upon the lot of the just. God's going to exalt you and bring you forward and just like the children of Israel, there'll be a day when you're dancing around this place saying God is good all the time and all the time God is good. I'm telling you, I've seen it in my life over and over and over again. I've seen God give me a promise, go through a difficult time where God prepares me for the promise, where he sloughs off all that stuff that's going to hurt me and he sloughs it all off and at the end of it, he promotes me and puts me where he wanted me to be. We went to church over in Houston for 18 months. Left out of, never moved over there, just pastored it from 120 miles away when gas was $4 a gallon under President Bush. For those, that, that was regular. That wasn't extra, that was regular gas. $4 a gallon. My little old Tahoe cost about $120 to fill up. And we went to a church that was paying us $75 a week, and we were staying in a motel two nights out of the week. So I was paying them so I could pastor. But we had the heart of God to be over there. We wanted to be over there, and it didn't, didn't matter. I had a job. They didn't have to pay me nothing. I didn't, I didn't go over there for money. I went over there because God sent me over there. And for 18 months, we worked with that church, and, and God enabled us to do some things over there and to kind of get that church in, a, in, in what we thought was a good place and and really thought we were preparing it for ourselves, really and truly. As a matter of fact, I'd even called the uh, Aldine Independent School District to find out what I needed to do to become a teacher over there so that we could go ahead and move over there because I couldn't get an engineering job. I tried and tried and tried and everybody, I didn't get one. And so uh, I decided I was going to try to go to Aldine ISD and become a teacher. And we went over there and they, they told me I had to take a some kind of class and classroom teach what, what is it called that what's it called when you have to take a class on how to how to build, build a, a plan and discipline in the classroom and it's got a real funny name anybody a teacher in here good I'll just call it Lollapalooza you won't know the difference I took this class I need to take this class in Lollapalooza and um, I was getting all ready to do that and all of a sudden God said your time's done you're going back to Silsby. We came back to Silsby. We didn't have anywhere really to go. We didn't have anywhere really to preach. We just, we just went to church there for a little while and went out to visit our daughter. And then churches started opening up and calling Kathy and I saying, would y'all come take care of the church this week? And would y'all come preach this Sunday? And so for the next week, we were preaching somewhere next months. We were preaching somewhere almost every Sunday, and in August, this church called and said their pastor, Brother Wayne was resigning, wanted to know if we'd do interim work here. We told him we would. Three months later, God laid it on our heart to stay here, and I'm telling you, God has been good to us from the day we set foot in here. We felt like that we've moved forward. We've had a few setbacks, but I'm telling you this morning, the power of God that's in this house is not just because we came here to church this morning and decided to do something. It's the result of 15 years of working and laboring and, and coming and, and working through COVID and, and having services from 
the house and everything that we've done in order, not, not we, Kathy and I, but we as a church body have done in order to get to the place where God this morning gave us four salvations. And I'm telling you this morning that if you'll be faithful to God, he'll be faithful to you. If you'll continue to follow God, then God will continue to promote you. There may be a moment, there may be a time, but when the thief comes to kill, to steal, and destroy, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that when you catch him, when you catch that thief that's come to steal and kill and to destroy, the Bible says that before he leaves you, he'll have to bless you sevenfold. I think I'd have said amen there. When that thief comes to rob you of your blessing, to rob you of your children, to rob you of your home, to rob you of your salvation, to rob you of your victory, when you capture him by the power of God and you rebuke him and you defeat him, then before he leaves you, he must bless you sevenfold. My God. And I want to tell you this morning that today is a day of victory. Today is a day of blessing. Today is a day of anointing. Today is a day of purpose. Today is a day where we don't whine about what we don't have. We give God praise on the things we do have. Hallelujah. For, for sorrow may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning if you would. If you're going through a struggle... And you need victory. This may not be anybody. I don't know. It may be somebody. But if you're going through a struggle this morning and you need a victory, hallelujah. You need to know God is for you. You need, you need to feel his presence. You know, if you take a line, and I know you're standing. I'm being quick here. If you take a line and you put him in a cage... And you hook him over there to the Houston Zoo. You know what that lion's going to do? He's going to pace. He's going to pace. When you go to see him, he's not going to be cutting up with all his buddies. He's going to be pacing. Walking back and forth across that cage. He's going to be looking out between those bars. You know why? He wasn't made to be in a cage. There's nothing in him that wants to be caged. He's the king of the jungle. And here he is in a cage. And he's not interested in that cage, and he paces back and forth, looking at those bars, trying to find any way that he can get out of that cage, because he longs to be back where he needs to be. He's the king of the jungle, and the king of the jungle doesn't belong in a cage. And you take that king of the jungle, you keep him in captivity for a while, you take him back to the jungle, and you open up that front door, and he's not going to sit in that cage saying, well, I like it in here, I think I'll just stay. No, sir, he's been looking for three, four, five years for a flaw in that cage so he could get out of it. So whenever you open the door for him, don't expect him to turn around and say goodbye because he's not interested in coming back. He's going back to where God has called him. He's going back to being king of the jungle. He's going back to find his, his brood. He's going back to find his group. He's going to be a part of what God's called him to be because he's called to be the king of a jungle and to run wild and run free. 
Hallelujah. This morning, God has called you as a child of God to run wild and to run free in the kingdom of God. And some of you this morning find yourself in a cage. I've come today to open your door. I've come today with the key of the word that's going to open your door. So if you find yourself in a cage this morning and you say, I'm tired of pacing in this cage, I'm ready to be free from whatever it is that's got you in that cage, then you need to leave your seat and make your way down here this morning. Is there anybody? I've paced around in this cage long enough. I'm ready to be free. Hallelujah. Because he who the Son makes free is free. If you've got a habit or an addiction and God sets you free from it, then you're free. Hallelujah. If you've got a situation in your life and God sets you free, then you're free. Hallelujah. You want, there's no sense in thinking about going back to the cage. There's nothing there but death and destruction. Three squares and a bed's not worth it to be in a cage. Not worth it. Whenever you've got a spirit in your life that wants to run free. Could I get some of you to come down here this morning and pray with these? And we're going to see God give freedom. If you need to go, God bless you. We'll be back tonight at 7 o'clock. Praise God, but we're going to see God set some people free today. Eight, 6 o'clock. Thank you. 6 o'clock. If you get here at 7, you'll be late. Amen. If you're in your seat, lift your, lift your hands this way. Amen. We're going we're gonna to pray this morning. We're going to see God do some stuff. Come on. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, God, we praise you today, God, in the name of Jesus. 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 My God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, for setting her free, God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For freedom in her life, oh God. Hallelujah. My God, open the door today, God. Open the door right now. Holy Spirit, open the door. Hallelujah. Run free, glory to God. Be free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God, we give you praise. We thank you, God. Amen. That's right. Receive it. Receive it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, God. Yes, God. Give freedom this morning, God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, God. Yes, God. Praise your name, God. Thank you. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, get it. Get it. Receive it. Receive it. Don't stop till you get it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we praise you. God, we worship you. God, we glorify you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We receive it today, God. Oh, hallelujah. Freedom. 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 We receive that freedom today, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, we praise you, God. We worship you, God. We glorify you, God. We magnify you, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. 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 Set her free, God. Set her free, God. Set her free, God. 
Hallelujah. Set her free, God. In the name of Jesus, we receive that freedom today, God. Break every chain. Break every bondage. Break every stronghold. Break every fear. Oh, break every pain, oh God. Open the door, God. Open the door. <laughs> Open the door of that prison, God. Holiness unto the Lord. Holiness unto the Lord. Holiness unto the Lord. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the good work you're doing here, God. Thank you, Lord, for setting her free, God. Hallelujah, God. Touch her, God. Anoint her, God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. Hallelujah. I walked out of that grave. I walked out of that grave. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Walk out. Walk out. Walk out. Walk out. Walk out. Walk out. That's it. That's it. That's it. Walk out. <laughs> That's it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Walk out of that cage. Walk out of that cage. Walk out of that cage. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My God, my God.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those that are still with me, would you just lift your hands and just give God some praise in this house? Heavenly Father, we praise you for what you've done in this house, oh God. We praise you, Almighty God, that you are for us, not against us, oh God. Lord, that all things that you promise will certainly come to pass, oh God. There's not one jot and there's not one tittle that's going to fall to the ground, oh God. For you are not a man that you can lie. Your word, hallelujah, your word, Lord God, goes back and forth across the whole world, oh God. Oh, until it's accomplished, my Father. Nothing you say, Almighty God, doesn't come to pass, my God. Everything you say, oh God, will come to pass. For you have ordained it and you have spoken it and it can't help but move. You said if we speak to the mountain and tell it to be cast in the sea, it'll move for us too, oh God. Hallelujah, God, because we're under your power and under your authority of your son, Jesus Christ. My God, I worship you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. My God is more than enough, hallelujah. He is El Shaddai, hallelujah. He is Jehovah Jireh, hallelujah. He is Jehovah Shalom, hallelujah. His banner over me is love, not destruction, glory to God. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Just receive the blessings of the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha.